Welcome to Cold Steel, the Canadian Journal of Surgery podcast with your hosts Amir Farouk and Chad Ball. The goal of the CJS podcast is threefold. The first is to highlight the best research currently being completed by Canadian surgeons. The second is to offer educational topics for both surgeons and trainees alike. And most importantly, the third goal is to inspire discussion, thoughts, creativity, and career development in all Canadian surgeons. We hope you enjoy it. Ron Barbosa is a trauma surgeon at Legacy Magnus Centre in Portland, Oregon. He's become famous in the surgical Twitter community for his fantastic threads on various topics in surgery, ranging from what this French scale is to how to use retraction in surgery. His threads are fantastic because they cover basic concepts in surgery, but with pictures and videos and in a beautifully logical stepwise progression. We caught up with Dr. Barbosa to talk about how he develops his threads and his thoughts on surgical education. Dr. Barbosa, thank you so much for joining us today on the Cold Steel Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure uh, to get to know a, a Twitter influencer, Twitterati, what do we call you? And I get to chat uh, a little bit about your career and uh, specifically about your use of social media and, and surgical education. But for, for those of you, the, the few people who don't know you or are not already following you on Twitter, can you tell us a little bit about uh, where you grew up, where you did your training? I grew up in Northern California. I went to med school in, at St. Louis at St. Louis University, and then um, didn't initially match. So I did a prelim year at UC Davis, and then residency at a place called San Joaquin General Hospital in California, which is a small two resident a year program. Fellowship at UC Davis, and then I um, got my job at a place called Legacy Emanuel in Portland, uh, which is a level one center trauma center, and I've been there ever since. So that's 16 years there. That's fantastic. What was it that drew you to trauma? Uh, you know, I just always found it easy to think about, if you will. The when people with, you know traumatic injuries would come in and, you know, that it came naturally to me, you know, whereas cancer very much did not come naturally to me. You know, I had to force myself, if you will, to try to retain information about cancer, you know, and, and, uh, whereas trauma was, the, it was the opposite. I, you know, I, and so I took interest in it and fortunately was able to get a fellowship and, and, uh, haven't looked back. It's been, uh, wouldn't change a thing. It's a great field. What's your what's your practice currently like at, in the hospital that you you are currently practicing? So it's a you know it's a mostly a trauma practice. You know it's a, we admit about three thousand patients a year, and we cover all of the emergency general surgery in the hospital, and then we have a you know a modest elective practice. So I'll do some basic elective cases, a, a, a small volume of robotics, and then as a side. I don't want to use the word hobby, but as a side thing that I do, I do ECMO call as well. So we go out to, you know, in planes to go get people at other hospitals and bring them back to Portland. Wow. That, that's, that's awesome. And uh, do you have residents as well at where you practice? We have, you know, re residents in years two through four. So no, uh, no fellows, no chiefs, no interns, uh, and only a couple of students. So the, and it, which is you know good for me because I like the years two through four. It's, it, it's my preference to have that, 
them there. Yeah, it's kind of a formative time for most residents in, in their training. So, you know, obviously, I, th I think it's pretty clear that the reason why I wanted to bring you on to the, the podcast was to talk a little bit about your foray into social media and, and your relative newcomer to social media and Twitter. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't see your profile um, maybe more than a year or two ago. Tell, tell us a little bit about what drew you towards social media and, and how you kind of got involved specifically on Twitter. Well, I initially signed up in, I guess, 2011. I had to remind myself. And I think I was at one of the meetings and I, you know, had some time. So I signed up for all the platforms, you know, and then it, you know, it laid dormant for 10 years, you know, and I didn't really check it. And I started checking it because you can look at the police scanner on Twitter. So I would find out things about people coming in as trauma patients, you know, and then I began to see comments from surgeons. And so I lurked for about a year. And then after about a year, I started making the occasional response, you know, and then, uh, you know, after a year or two, I was a reasonably frequent, you know, commenter on things related to trauma and general surgery on Twitter. And then the, the, the stuff I'm known for, the instrument stuff, is what is took off last summer. I hadn't done it before then. Yeah. So what, what was it specifically about Twitter that you enjoyed compared to other platforms? I mean, like, you know, as everybody knows, there's lots of different platforms, Instagram, et cetera. Yeah. What was it specifically about Twitter that kind of drew you in or kept you coming? It's the, oh, I don't know, the wide access of the dialogue, if you will. So for a while, I followed Facebook because they have the Robotic Surgery Consortium and then they have one for hernia, you know, I, but I've limits into how much I can really engage on that since I'm not an expert on that. But with Twitter, it's a little bit more all comers. You know, and, and the benefit for someone, you know, like me is that uh, I'm a, I can freely interact with anyone. So if, it, you know, Elliot Hot, who's, you know, a big deal in the field, says something and I answer, it gets seen. You know, whereas if you go back to, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago in the field, you know, there, there was no real, real way of interacting with, you know, the prominent people in your field because they maybe you'd see him at a meeting or something, but there wouldn't really be any dialogue. And so, you know, I'm, I'm free to comment what I might think about the management of extraperitoneal rectal injury or whatever, you know, and, and if, you know, and eventually if the things that you say make sense, then people engage. Yeah. There's, there's a certain democracy to Twitter that is different than when you go, you know, let's say to conferences or whatever, right? Like you can really interact with people, A, that you've never met. And B, there's just doesn't seem to be the same difference in terms of level or, or I don't know what the right word is, but like there's there's a sense that you can really talk to anybody and comment on anyone, and there's not the same level of like difficulty in in doing that. That's really unique, I think, to Twitter. Well, and I think that you know that especially for some of us, you know, so I'm highly introverted. I my voice doesn't carry when I'm in a physical meeting. And when you're in a physical meeting, it's very easy for a few people that are that are vocal to dominate it, you know, and it's very easy for people to overtalk the, the group. Uh, but you can't overtalk my Twitter comment, you know, that it, it's just there, you know, and so it, it, it makes it easier for certain people to get their 
ideas out there because again, it's not subject to the dynamics of a verbal conversation. And it, and I agree with you that it's different than Facebook because you know I'm definitely part of like the the Sages Colorectal Group, for example. But again, somehow say, Facebook still seems to attract or or engender discussion and commentary among like the same kind of group of people all the time. And I don't, I'm not entirely sure why that is as well. It again feels like it's a smaller group of people in a smaller circle. Maybe, maybe that's why. I don't know if you have any thoughts particularly on why it seems to be. Yeah, uh, and it could be the algorithm for all I know. The the um, you know, of course, the trouble with Facebook, you know, is that you know, when people's followers tend to include people from high school or whatever, and you know, and so I don't know that people from high school are going to want to hear about ventilator waveforms and so forth and you know and and we also had a you know i kind of got scared from it because we had a situation a few years back where one of my partners was named in a you know in a lawsuit and the plaintiff's attorney asked for you know for a data file of his entire facebook feed mm. you know trying to show i don't know what they were trying to show but like and so it's not like i had anything in my facebook feed anyway but you know i, I didn't i, I didn't want to have to get that one of these days so i bleached my entire feed of everything in it you know, except for a few pictures, and I just haven't really gone back. You know, I, it limits as to how many platforms I really want to follow. So, so that's why I don't bother to try to follow Instagram or or um, I don't have a TikTok. I know I never went to Mastodon. You know, there's this I, I don't have the bandwidth for more than one. I don't think. Yeah, and not not to belabor this whole social media thing too much, but I, I think it is kind of worth reflecting. And uh, and hearing your thoughts about this, you know, we had um, Mark Solomon come on the podcast, who's a colorectal surgeon out of Orlando. And one of the things he's trying to build is uh, Surge On, which is like a social media platform specifically for surgeons. Uh, and so I'm curious what your thoughts are on if you were able to design a social media platform that, you know, where you could share cases, tough cases, things like that. Would that be something that you would be interested in joining or do you think that it still just doesn't have the range and the ability that you can have to interact with so many different people that, that Twitter does? It's a, you know, it's tough. I mean, I've, you know, I've signed up for surge on, I get the, you know, I, I can't say that I look at it too much, but I signed up for it and so forth. And, you know, you need to get a certain critical mass of engagement. Otherwise it's, it's hard to make it work. And, and also I think, you know, one of the disadvantages that it has, versus Twitter is that when you go on a Twitter, yeah, you want to talk about surgery, but you also want to see cute videos of the panda rolling down the hill and 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 you want to hear about football and all that. And so, you know, so it's sort of a, you get, you get the other things as well that maybe you don't get on surge on just yeah. to use it as an example. Totally. I mean, and there's, there's also not the opportunity for Elliot Hout to uh, roll a pending beam of like someone dragging a tire through a pipe and, Applying right. to general surgery, right? Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> um, so I want to dive into some of the threads that you made because I, I I found these absolutely fascinating. You know, as someone who has now done my training, is actually pretty close to all this this material, the fundamentals kind of stuff about surgery. I thought, and then I saw some of your Twitter threads, and it uh, it really like open my eyes around things that I had never even thought about and take me back to that first Twitter thread and remind me what that first Twitter thread was that, uh, that you posted and what was the sort of genesis of that? 
I mean, random actually. The I mean, is he so not like it's not like any of this was planned. You know, the I had some small threads in the past about history things, and I, I like history. And if it was you know if it was me, I would just do that. But you know, I so I put one up about the French you know scale and about what French means and what gauge means and mostly for the historical things and but it had some information about how it worked and then for whatever reason the you know due to the randomness of the algorithm or whatever you know that one took off and ended up getting like 2,000 followers for it you know and then well then I said well I'll do another one and I just so I did another one this one this one was about what the gold handles mean and and that one took off and I got 2,500 followers for that and you know and and I certainly wasn't expecting any of that. So, you know, over the course of the next month or so, I just kind of kept doing them, you know, because it seemed that people liked them. And then, and then, you know, before I knew it, it was a thing, you know, and, and so I've kind of kept up on it since then. Uh, there you go. Yeah. This is the, this is the, the gauge one, right? So I, yeah, so I did, you know, I was wanting to put something out there and I didn't have a new one. So I, I sort of rehashed the gate, you know, that one. And so that's like a, a, new and improved version of the very first one that I did. And so I thought, you know, I thought it seemed that people took a great interest in, you know, in some of this very basic stuff that relates to either some aspect of equipment or technique and, and, you know, so that, and so I just kind of kept doing it, you know, it's not like I have any, you know, fundamental expertise on these things, you know, so I consider myself not, you know, an expert on, the stuff as much as it, I have a sense of what I think people might find interesting. So that's what I look for. Yeah. What, like, I, I mean, obviously there was huge interest, but what do you think if, if you had to surmise, like, what do you think it was that made these Twitter threads so I, fascinating? I can tell you what, what, what I liked about them, but why do you think it took off or they were so popular? Well, I mean, I can tell you now this reveal some of my secrets here but uh i, I think one thing that, that i what I, I try to look for things that people see a lot of in their everyday life that they don't fully understand necessarily you know or and so i really look for stuff like that so you know everyone you know every every each and every last student hears the term french engage you know but i can tell from my daily interactions that they don't all know what it means you know and and but it's pretty simple. You can explain it in two minutes or less, you know, and then after they've heard what the explanation is, it's, it makes more sense to them. And then they don't have this mystery about it anymore. And then the other thing, so that's the one category of things I try to do. And then, and then the other category of things I try to do is I try to design threads that uh, explain things that people already know, but it's just never expressed in words. So that's the other main theme of my threads, if you will. I did one recently about the bovie, you know, and about shorting and stuff. And people know not to short and they know not to pass point, but rarely is it expressed to a student or an intern in words, you know, and so, and so that's what I try to do with them. Yeah. I mean, what I really like is two things. One is like, there's a certain simplicity in the way that you're able to break down these concepts. Like, yeah, you, you, you may say that these are not difficult concepts, but like, I mean, it's it's in all the textbooks, right? Like it's not hard to find this information, but there's a simplicity in the way that you break it down. And for sure, one of the big draws, I think, is the pictures, right? Like, and and the and the single-minded dedication with which you go to actually demonstrate these concepts, right? Like, you know, clearly you've bought like you must be friends with your local butcher or something because you have all these 
chicken breasts and like yeah. all these videos and demonstrations of these concepts and it really drives these concepts home and the second thing that I, that really is enjoyable for me is like there's there's a certain level of curiosity that you have with these twitter threads like for example the gold handled thread and i'll just pull that up here so folks uh, can see that as well but like the gold handle thing i never even really thought of it of course we've all used a, a needle driver with these gold handles, but why why are these uh, gold handles better? I had never even really thought about it until I saw your your uh, your Twitter thread. And so I'm I'm curious is is that just something that you've always done uh, in terms of like breaking down complex potentially complex concepts into simpler ones? And is and is have you always tried to relied on pictorial representations to try to uh, understand these things. I guess what I'm getting at is like, is this how you taught yourself, or is this something that is a byproduct from of kind of interacting with Twitter and seeing what kind of works and what doesn't work for explaining things? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, to be honest, I, you know, people, everyone learns differently, but I, because I'm the one writing them, I get to write them in such a way as to help me learn, you know. And so, you know, I'm a very visual learner and not so much an audio learner. You know, I get more out of looking at something, either reading or pictures than I do out of a lecture, for example. So every, every you know, so these are all very picture heavy. The pictures are absolutely the key to each of, each of these, you know, and so the quality of a, of a photograph is more important than the words, if you will. You know, every entry in a thread always has a picture of some kind, you know, and, and, um, and also, you know, I have, a, I mean, to, to be honest, I have a attention span that is limited and in, in you know and so like if i would be you know very much the wrong person to do a teaching module about management of hyponatremia you know that but i can take something that's simple like this and and make it and make it quick you know to fit within my attention span if you will you know and so i appeal to those people that you know maybe similarly have short attention spans that's it they're they're you know i have to say they're fantastic could i ask you to actually walk us through some of your favorite threads and just maybe show us, uh, I can I can let you share your screen or if you want, I can pull it up and just walk us through some of your favorite threads. And maybe that's like asking you to pick uh, among your, which child of yours is your favorite. But uh, if, you, if you don't mind walking us through one or two of your threads, that would be wonderful just to sort of show, get an example. I mean, uh, the, you know, if I had to pick one that, I was to be known for, for example, it's actually not, it's, it's, it's on counter-traction because I, th that one was the one I put the most thought into, if you will. You know, so most of the threads are things that just sort of occur to me. So like, I, you know, so for example, so I, I, you know, I happen to know what the next one is, but I don't know any beyond that. You know, it's just whatever, you know, I'll do a case on a day and I'll observe something and, you know, then I'll decide to write about that. Counter-traction one is really the only one I, planned out long in advance and it took me a long time to find these photographs or, or they're not photographs they're mostly uh they're mostly things i took up you know off the internet you know and so i'll try to tell a story essentially you know uh and you know so as i did for counter traction there and you know i i have a sense of how long people will read one of these things and so i try to keep it to that you know and then you know and then i'll just uh i'll, I'll I'll just kind of go with it and and write whatever occurs to me. I don't really have a better way to explain it than that, I guess. I'll usually write some kind of draft, you know, and and then 
you know, when I come back to it later, I'll modify it in some way. I'll uh, use the best pictures, you know, that I think that I found and I'll maybe I'll get rid of some of the pictures. Maybe I'll reshoot some of them. You know, but I would say that this one I was pretty proud of just because uh, traction and counter traction is something that you, as just as an example, something that you do all the day, all day, every day, but not, it's, not, it's not always expressed in words as much as you'd like it to. And it's not in any book, you know, and so I, I try to find things that are like aren't in books, for example. Yeah, I think that's, 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 uh, that's so true that like some of these fundamental things about the way the, on a practical level on the way that we practice surgery or medicine for that matter are not things that you find in books. Like, like this is an amazing example of one. And I really like this one because it was like, you, you talk about traction and counter-traction, which is like a constant thing that you get told as a resident. You're like, you know, I do a lot of minimally invasive surgery for colorectal. And, you know, they, people always say, it's all about your left hand, more traction with your left hand, pull hard with your left hand. But what does it actually mean to pull hard with your left hand? You're not always sure, right? right. Um, and like, what I really liked about this, this, uh, this thread is that, you kind of show different situations about uh, how to show traction, counter-traction, and how you can even use different instruments. Like you have a you have a drawing here with, uh, like here where you're, someone's using their hands and they're actually holding it with clamps to, so that it's easier to hold. Or this one with send retractors. And and the the, the nice thing, of, oh, this, this, this is one of your yeah, classic like videos, I did, right? I did like that one, yeah. The, um, interestingly enough, the, you know, there's a lot of, hidden reasons for why things are so i you know when i if as an example when i so i take this on an iphone and then i email it to myself but there's a limit to to uh how big the file can be so the maximum video that i can do is about 10 seconds um you know so all the videos are 10 seconds or less yeah and I'm, but sure, I think, I'm sure there's some way to get around that but i haven't learned it but it's so effective right because that 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 you can watch that 10 second video and it's just like exactly what you're you're demonstrating right yeah and and i think you know the, the other thing this might be a tangent but i think what makes it work you know when you see some of the stuff that's online or you know and it's not all you know it's not always written by a, a surgeon it might be written by the company you know and, and it's just not shown in, in the way that you'd like it to be shown you know, and, and so like when, it, you know, when I did that video that you just put up, for example, with when I was dissecting under the chicken skin with the peanut, I mean, that, that you know, that was very specifically done, you know, the, to show, you know, exactly the way that, that I wanted to, you know, and, and, and um, so that's what makes it work. And when it's done by, you know, a non-surgeon, if you will, it, you know, then it just, it, it's not going to show the same thing. Yeah, totally. So you know, like, um, again, I, I appreciate a lot you, you coming and spending the time with us uh, today to to talk about this. You know, I think fundamentally, the, the other thing that I wanted to pick your brain about a little bit is the, uh, you know, sort of the uh, underarching direction of where surgical education can go moving forward. I mean, I think you have so beautifully shown how you can demonstrate these basic surgical principles. And yet, I would argue that often these are not explicitly spoken about or shown really in, often in residency. So where do you think we go from here in terms of surgical education? Do you think this is an adjunct? Do you think this is the, because I know that actually 
you've been asked by BMJ or some other journals to actually create some tutorials and threads, not threads, but tutorials or manuscripts for them now based on what you've done for Twitter. So where do you think surgical education goes for goes in the future? Yeah, that's a tough one, you know, because, you know, the, in a different direction, I think, you know, the, and, you know, it's hard for me to answer because, you know, I'm not really involved in, in any of that, to be honest. So I'm not, you know, I'm not at a university. I, I'm not part of any of the discussions about surgical educators, about the nature of education. You know, that, that occurs, like, I'm just not a part of any of that. But I think, you know, what's been seen is that, you know, that the people today, you know, it's no longer the plan to just read textbooks, journal articles, and go to meetings. And textbooks, journal articles, and going to meetings is important. It'll always be important. But but there's got to be other things, too. You know, the, the um, people seek that out. So they want to see things online or, you know, whether it be a podcast or whether it be an app on your phone. There's an app on your phone, for example, where you can look at hepatic anatomy. You know, things like that to get at people and, and, not, some, and not just, you know, the, the textbook and Saviston. You know, because, you know, everyone's got Sabiston on their shelf. How often do they open it and read a chapter? It's hard to know. And so the, you know, it, 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 so it's taken a while for the, you know, the the senior group, if you will, in surgery, I think, to realize that people are looking for things that are beyond the traditional means of education. And they're afraid of it. You know, the, the you know, of course, the the problem, if you will, with doing it this way is that it could be wrong. You know, and, and and one hopes that if, you know, a surgeon goes on to social media and starts spouting off a bunch of stuff that's bad, that they'll get shouted down, hopefully, you know, but, you know, there's less checks on it, if you will. And I kind of take the easy way out by doing dealing with stuff that's very easy. My material is very basic, you know, and so if a person wants to go on there and talk about the merits of a certain kind of hepatic resection, you know, then that's a lot more difficult, you know, and and... You know, and how do you how do you keep an eye on what people are being told about hepatic resection, for example? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, obviously, obviously, I asked you like a huge question. Yeah, but I but I do think that what you're saying is so valuable that, and I I agree. I think that's what we're trying to do in the podcast too is just give people other opportunities. And I'm a very auditory learner, and so that you know, obviously, that that's why podcasts appeal to me, and that's why I've always had an interest in podcasts and and. I hope that we can get as many of these kinds of resources out there so that every kind of learner has that, that opportunity. But you know, what what you're saying about, you know, quote unquote, these are basic or these are simple concepts. It's surprising though, like I said, how often they're misunderstood or or not taught well. Why do you think that is like, um, do you think that it's just that it's assumed that you're going to pick these up as you go along in training? And that's why no one explicitly sets you you know sits you down and says well you know this is this is what what french means which this is what gauge means and i don't know what they're you know what they do now i mean i'm i mean residents you know they have i think they have more labs and more things like that than you know maybe they did when i was doing it but just as an example you know when i was coming up you know i started internship and we had a lab for a couple of hours about suturing and not tying and i was told how to tie one and two-handed knots by a plastic surgeon, you know, and that one or two hour, that two hour long experience, you know, formed the basis for how I would tie knots for the rest of my career, you know, and, and, but then we didn't talk about not tying again ever, you know, and, you know, so you get this brief experience and, you know, in, in a lab or, you know, 
and then that's all you get, you know, and then it's just, just kind of expected that you'll pick it up, you know, you'll pick it up uh, along the way, you know, and, and people generally do, you know, but, but it remains a mystery, you know, and so something simple like French, like, like I knew that one would be popular because I've asked that question enough times and enough people didn't know it, you know, that I, I figured that people would run off that one, you know, and, and, uh, but, but there's no discrete, you know, there's no discrete mechanism to teach that stuff you know pe people aren't writing chapters about it there's no talks about it you know and so it's it and that's why it's a that's why it's a you know a blank spot i think yeah totally and maybe i can ask you sort of in, in closing and again thank you for for spending the time with me today what have you learned from this experience is there anything unexpected or 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 perhaps even negative uh about that you've gotten out of this experience and uh, what can we expect from Dr. Barbosa moving forward in Twitter or beyond? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously, I mean, uh, you know, everything has a finite lifespan, you know, and so eventually I'll run out of stuff for people lose interest. You know, the, the, um, you know, I, I've learned a lot from other specialties, to be honest, the, the, um, because as it turns out, you know, the vast majority of my following is not general surgery in nature. I think, I think I have more urologists, for example, follow me than general surgeons. You know, and or you know, and I've got orthopedists and neurosurgeons that read it, and say, you know, and and so, in turn, I see their feeds, you know, and so. It, whereas if I had not done that, I was only seeing you know what's in general surgery and trauma. But now I occasionally see, you know, many other specialties, and so it's it's just interesting to see and hear some of the things that they uh, that they think about, and uh, and I'll tell you that you know that general surgery on Twitter is a relatively civil place compared to maybe some of the specialties I've seen. There are some interspecialty rivalries in there that are unpleasant, which I won't get into. <laughs> well, that's awesome. On a personal level, I've, you know, it's a, the only downside to it has been that I've had to clip a lot of my regular commentary, you know, because, because the following is, is so largely non-traumatic, you know, non-trauma in general, you know, and, and they don't care about, you know, me talking about grading the splenic lacerations or whatever that is that I might like to talk about that, you know, I've purposely limit my volume of that kind of stuff. So that, so that I don't turn off, you know, the people in, from the other specialties. I joke around with the Sages bot, maybe a little bit less than I used to, because, you know, whatever urologist in Ireland is, re you know, it doesn't necessarily want to hear that. You know, me talk about 90s movies references or whatever it is that I might want to do. Right, and how Die Hard is uh, not a Christmas movie, right? So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, this has been an absolutely uh, awesome discussion and conversation with you today. So thank you again for, for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's been an honor to be here. You've been listening to Cold Steel, the official podcast of the Canadian Journal of Surgery. This episode was produced and edited by Kirsten Allen, one of our new team members on the Cold Steel team and a medical student at Queen's University. If you have comments or questions, please email us at podcast.cjs at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.